Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Livesy, joined by my co-host tonight, Joey Ikes. Uh, we're actually recording this Tuesday night. Uh, I'm on a hectic schedule this week, so we're going a little Tuesday night action this week. But uh, we are going to do kind of a weekend review, talk about some of the highlights of training camp uh, so far to start the week. Uh, we are eight days into training camp, I want to say it is. So um, when this comes out, it'll be the the, the eighth day, I want to say. So we uh Going to kind of review the week, uh, talk about some of the positives. There hasn't been a ton of negatives, knock on wood, but we're going to talk about maybe a few of those um, before we get started. Joey, how's your week of training camp been uh, in the football life and then out of the football life? Well, out of the football life, it's very hot, which makes me wish that I was in Oxnard, California, where they were complaining <laughs> yeah. about it being 80 degrees and how hot <laughs> it was at 80 degrees. When it's hotter than 80 when I wake up in the morning and still hotter when I go to sleep at night every day right now. But football-wise, I mean, I think we're going to sort of talk about this a little bit as the show goes, but it's sort of going about as good as it could possibly go right now. And it's scary to say that because, like, <laughs> we're, we're two padded practices in, but – if if this team is going to have a special season, like this is what the first week of training camp looks like. This is what the first two padded practices go like. So it, it's kind of, uh, it's almost scary, like in a PTSD kind of way. I mean, that's kind of been the whole off season, right? Like they make these moves that we really don't see them make a lot of times. Like, I mean, not to say they hit a home run in the draft, but I feel like they didn't have a stinker of a draft. So it's just been like, it's been a very strange off season where it's been like, okay, we, we, and I'll take blame for this. We did have our first player get suspended. Um, which yes, I, we I, did. Like I feel like I've brought up a few times here recently. And of course that happened just in, soon in the training camp, Ronald Jones suspended two, two games to start the season. Um, I'm not sure he was a guy who was going to make that roster anyways. And this obviously makes those chances a little bit, uh longer uh further away um so that's really some of the bad news and, and i don't even know if we would consider that terrible news but i mean like you said it's just been really from from the start of the off season they have done things that you know they, they did the tyron smith they they got the tyron smith contract situation worked out that you know helped 
them and help the team and in the team building side of things. And then, you know, they go and they, they trade for a guy like Stefan Gilmore, who I'm sure we're going to talk about some today and Brandon cooks. who I'm sure we're going to talk about some today. They, they have a relatively solid draft and, um, they get the Trayvon Diggs deal done early. Like they, they're just doing things that we're maybe not used to seeing them do consistently enough. And like you said, like if they're going to go out and try to finally go into, you know, January and, and be the team that we've seen them be in the regular season from time to time, they're taking all the right steps and precautions to do so. And like you said, we're two padded padded practices, and so a lot of this can change. Let's let's hope it doesn't. Let's knock on wood and hope nothing changes. Can change, but so far so good, and there's not much to complain about right now. Which is should always be fans and media and the team's goal, really, this early into the off season, but also this close to the regular season. Yeah, and it's like you know we did get our first guy suspended, and it's funny you said it may make his odds longer to make the team. Uh, and at first I kind of agreed with you. And then, you know, our buddy Landon and, and Marcus on their locked on show yesterday made the point that, you know, it might make it more likely that he makes the team because he doesn't count against the 53 man limit when they break camp. And then he comes back two weeks in and, you know, who knows, there's an injury somewhere or they get to see two weeks of another running back as running back to, and they decide that's not good enough. And so they can just roll or there's like, like I said, there's an injury somewhere else that opens up a roster spot and they can just plop Ronald Jones off the suspended list onto the active roster. Um, and so it, it probably at least improves his odds of playing in the regular season for this team at some point in some fashion, but I don't think it necessarily improves his odds of having, having a big role at all. But yeah, yeah. I guess guess Zach Martin pulled out is really the only only sort of like cloud that's sort of hanging over this team. And like we were talking about before the show, that's even getting these young guys like lots of really great work at right guard that they would not normally get. Yeah, and and I guess I guess to before we move on from it, like I guess my thought or process of of the Ronald Jones thing is just we've heard a lot of Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn. And then with the Ronald Jones suspension, obviously he's not going to be around. He's not going to be able to practice much. And, you know, once the regular season goes, he's not going to be around at all. So it's kind of, you're at that point where it's like, all right, you know, you're hearing about some of those younger guys and the cheaper guys and the, the more fresh leg guys. And then that happens. So that, that was my only point there that I feel like you're hearing, you know, Mike McCarthy kind of gush over Rico Dowdle and you're hearing some of these coaches talk about Malik Davis and everybody's talking about how good Deuce Vaughn looks. So just that, that was my only point there. But I mean, outside of, like you said, the, the Zach Martin holdout, the only other, you know, Trayvon Diggs didn't practice the first day of padded practice because of bruised toe. He came back uh, on Tuesday and did practice and, and, and looked really well, um, looked, looked healthy, looked good. And then, um Sam Williams I know had the the shoulder injury in day one and then he came back in day two but I think it looked like he might have left practice early again today um so really outside of the Zach Martin and Ronald Jones thing I mean I'd say the only other red flag and I don't even know if you want to call it a red flag so far is just Sam Williams is is a little dinged up right now um and then if you want to throw Trayvon Diggs in there which it looks like he came back today and was on a high level and, and ready to roll. I mean, there's just been not many super big question marks or red flags or concerns. Like you said, the, I guess maybe one of the the few is that 
you know, early into camp, you're seeing some of these young guys get those right guard reps and, you know, so you're seeing, seeing some of these reserve offensive linemen and maybe they're not quite ready yet, but I feel like that's just a common theme. The defensive line really beats up on the offensive line to start camp until the offensive line kind of gets its feet underneath itself. And then it kind of, you know, the, the tides flip a little bit the later you get into camp. Yeah. And we, we also have to remember in context, like this defensive line is going to be one of, if not the absolute best defensive line in football. So if the Cowboys offensive line gets beaten up a little bit by this defensive line, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get beaten up by 31 other offensive lines across the league. It just means that this one is having some success against them as they go up against them over and over and over again every day. And so it's really, like I said, it's it's kind of eerie how good the vibes are, you know, like, to the point where Jalen Tolbert looks like he might, you know, be able to play. Devontae Turpin missed the first few days of camp, comes in into the padded practices and immediately starts making plays at wide receiver. Like we're talking about wide receiver four, five, six, make it, there's two or three, you know, Jalen Moreno Cropper and, um, and a couple of the other guys, Brooks, Brooks. And, yeah, and a couple of the other guys making plays as wide receiver five, six, you know, the, the corner, the down roster cornerbacks look good. You know, Nashawn Wright's made a couple of plays. Eric Scott's made plays like the down roster guys on this team are making plays. And then you also see Brandon Cooks out there running silly routes, beating dudes down the field making big catches, scoring touchdowns. You see C.D. Lamb doing C.D. Lamb things and Michael Gallup getting down the field, looking a little bit more like himself. Um, it's like there's just so much going well for this team right now. It's almost scary. You're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop. But at the same time, you're like knocking on every piece of wood that you walk by <laughs> because you just hope that it can continue in this way in some fashion and that this team will be able to continue to, you know, build towards hopefully putting something special on the field this year um, through the regular season. And then, like you said, on into January. And I mean, it just, the fact that I'll say it this way, it's, it tells you how good things are going because their second round pick hasn't practiced yet because of a foot situation. And their first round pick is adjusting to a different style of play on the defensive line. And because of that, hasn't like taken over practices like you would expect sometimes an interior defensive line first round pick to do. Um, but even that, he's shown like there's some flashes and some clips and stuff like that that you see where this dude is just tossing guys around. And the fact that things are going so well that we're not really talking about the fact that Mozzie hasn't taken over any practices yet. And we're able to just kind of be patient with that development and watch that happen because that defensive line is so deep and so good. And, you know, like I said, it's kind of crazy to be in this place as a Cowboys fan. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like you said, like talked about the red flags or cons and like we didn't even – really bring up Luke Shoemaker and it's mainly just because I mean I hate to say you're 
not worried about it because you'd like to have him, but you know, you're you're seeing a lot of positive Jake Ferguson stuff. You're seeing some positive Peyton Hendershot stuff. Uh, you know, I know Sean McEwen and some of those guys have been highlighted a little bit. So like you said, like even the spots that you might have, you know, a question mark beside, it seems like you're getting something to kind of cover it up. And whether that's, you know, for instance, you know, like Mozzie Smith might have started camp a little slow. And there's videos today of him coming out and having some better reps and, and wreaking a little bit more havoc. But, you know, when you got guys like Jonathan Hankins and you got guys like Oso Digizua and, you know, we're seeing Demarcus Lawrence rush from that three technique spot winning a lot. You just go, huh, okay, we can be patient because we don't need the guy to step in and play 90% of the snaps. And, you know, the same the same goes for uh, other positions. I mean, you're, you're seeing, you know, some of the, the the right guard, you know, the right guard stuff. Matt Farniox looks like he's had a little, you know, a, a, a decent start to camp. And, you know, he's played some center. He's played some right guard. You know, I know Adoga's been playing a little bit of right tackle. Terrence Steele's kind of working slow into things, but it seems like every spot that's got a little asterisk beside it, like you're not sh- quite sure if you consider that, you know, a, a win so far. It's like something else is kind of covering that up, whether that's another player or another position group or, you know, I don't know. It just seems like you said, like it's it's just a weird spot to be in when you're not worried about that spot or this spot or this coach or this, you know, the offense or you know, I, I guess we're, 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 we're the one thing I guess we're not talking about a lot. And it's cause it's been two days into practice is the kicker situation. Like the kickers yesterday were solid. I think they went five for seven and then uh, they went three for three and Mike McCarthy's mojo moments. They came out today and, and kicked a little bit better. So that's the only spot where I think you go, Hey, you know, we're still not quite sure there, but it doesn't seem like it's, you know, a quite, uh, you know, a, a quite, utter failure like it was last year with with uh the texas tech rookie so i mean even even the kicker situation that we have no idea how it's going to work out we're like okay these guys to start haven't been terrible so we'll see how it progresses yeah exactly and if all else fails the last week of training camp you bring 40 kickers in and you have a tryout (laughs) whichever one kicks the best you sign to the roster and you take that guy into week one, and if that doesn't go well, you do the same thing the next week, <laughs> and you just do it until you find a guy that's, you know, and when that guy falls off, you go get another guy, and and it will be, you'll have, you know, just about average NFL-level kicking, and if you've got a really good team and you have an average kicker, you're going to be just fine, and I think I think this team is really good, Connor. I really, I'm, really I'm, do. I'm a little bit disappointed in you that you haven't brought up the Donovan Wilson injury. And and again, that's mainly because their other safeties have been doing well. We haven't really talked about it, but obviously that, that is one that we did skip over. It sounds like he's going to be out, you know, that four to six week window. So he might not see much of training camp. Um, and that, that does, that, that is something that, you know, when Donovan Wilson's on the field, he's a difference maker. So you obviously want him on the field. I think the safety depth is so deep and, strong that it, you know it's another thing like i was just saying like he gets hurt and you're kind of like all right that's fine like let's see marquis bell let's we know jaron curse is going to be fine we know malik hooker is going to be fine we know um is i know izzy mcquamu's hurt you know a little banged up too right now he's just a little dinged up should be a couple weeks but the donovan wilson thing is something to kind of keep an eye on and make sure that that's not something that's going to be a little bit more serious and keep him out going into the regular season um like i said i was a little disappointed you didn't bring that up because that's, that's your guy yeah, it is. And it's funny because it happened on the first day of camp. So, you know, we're a week removed from that now. Right. And, and so there's there's been so many things happen, so many practices. 
you know, so many clips on Twitter that we've been through that it, it's kind of clouded my mind. But like, like you said, like he's out four to six weeks. They'll roll into Frisco and get ready to start practice in the first part of September to get ready for week one. And he'll be right at that four to six week window. They can ramp him up slow and have him ready to play. And if he misses week one, like it's not the end of the world if he misses week one because they have good safety play elsewhere. Now, the maybe the one negative is that Israel Mukwamu is hurt too, and he would be getting right. a lot of that work. And that would be really awesome development for him as a guy who's probably stepping into a bigger role next year than he even has this year. But, you know, even with Donovan Wilson, who one of my favorite defenders on the team, like you said, um, an absolute difference maker when he's on the field, even without him, it still feels like the defense is really good. And that's, you know, to lose one of your top, you know, four or five playmakers on your defense and still have a defense that's playing really well in camp against what is going to be a really good offense. That's uh, it says a lot about this team. And, you know, he's a guy who is. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Been, been on this team for, you know, he's in year five now, just signed his second contract. So he's in year five with the team. In year three with Dan Quinn, in year three playing next to Malik Hooker and um, and Jaron J- Curse, like this group is ready. They could probably not play very much more at camp and be just fine. And so you know, put put them all in bubble wrap, keep them all healthy. <laughs> let's get to September and uh, let's go uh, have a pretty special season. The one I will say, and again, this is this one's just kind of been a blink in life for me, and I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's just a personal vendetta or personal opinion that. But the one, the one thing I'm I am a little disappointed in is it's just been Simi Fahoko, man. Like I, I was expecting him to come out this camp. You know, I know he suffered a, I think it was a thigh contusion today, so we don't know how much longer you know if he'll miss some time, but. It's not like he's been atrocious by by any means, but it's like the first clip of camp we saw him on that first first one of the first few days. You know, he had <laughs> yeah. the, the, the tipped ball interception. That's been such a big topic of conversation. You know, what Simi's going into what year three now, so it's kind of you know it's kind of like you're expecting him to ma- you know either make it or break it really at this point. So you hate to see that, and then you you hate to see him not really. You know, you just don't, you didn't see much about Simi, and the stuff you did see it was. The, the injury today and then, you know, the, the the obvious drop pick that was, you know, the drop pass that was turned into an interception, something we've been talking about so much this offseason. Um, and, again, like going back to what I said earlier, like we're not really discussing it because you've seen Jalen, you know, 
Jalen Brooks and Jalen Marino Cropper and, you know, Jalen Tolbert. Like, there's been a bunch of dudes who have stepped up and kind of taken over that. And did I did I just realize that all three of those guys' names were Jalen? That's pretty crazy. I think we both realized it at the same time. <laughs> but, like, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, this is why their approach to the down roster wide receiver and it's yep. their approach with down roster corner and it's their approach with down roster offensive line. And this is why that's the right way to approach the down roster positions where a lot of these guys are going to play. Put 15 of them in a Yahtzee cup and shake them up and throw them out on the field in August and see which one comes out on top. And that's the top, you know, and then you put them in order based on that. And, you know, that turns into a, what looks like, and granted, it's August the, the 1st when we're recording this. There's a lot of time between now and when we start playing football and even more between now and when we get to the playoffs. But yep. through two padded practices, it looks like not only do you have a legit veteran top three wide receivers, but that you have a number four wide receiver in Jalen Tolbert who is showing all of the things you would want to see development-wise, that would lead to a big second-year jump. And you see a guy in Cavante Turpin who has made plays at every level of football he's ever played, who played year-round football last year, so he didn't get involved in the offense, come out and make plays on offense. That's five deep of dudes you can roll out who will make plays. And that's not even talking about the other two Jalens, like you mentioned earlier. Like, man, it's just – that's how you build a wide receiver core. You put – legit players at the top and you just carpet bomb the bottom of the roster and you throw them out there on the field and which ones come out on top. And if Simi Fajoko falls to the bottom, there's two or three other guys who will step up and fill it. And it's, it's beautiful roster construction. And it's, uh, it's pretty darn amazing to see, like I said, just to see this team, all of the questions you had coming in, it feels like there are answers being established. We know where the offensive line is going to line up now, you know, and Chuma Adoga has been getting reps at left tackle. So it seems like there's even a plan for if, for how to rearrange an offensive line and maybe protect the left guard position if Adoga's more comfortable at tackle. Um, and, you know, there's just, it just seems like these things are starting to fall into place. And really, the only question mark that might be left that we won't get any answer to until the regular season starts is how does the new structure of the play caller and the design and all that kind of stuff play out? Because that's one of those things that can throttle down the offense pretty quick um, if if things don't work out right. But like I said, the way way it's going right now, everything, everything looks pretty darn good and it's uh, exciting and it's terrifying. Yeah. And that, I mean, what you just said is the one thing that I'm kind of holding my breath on. And I guess I've been a little bit more pessimistic on Mike McCarthy than so. Like that just is as positive as everything bends. All it takes is for you to get the week one and this offense looks as, you know, this, you know, disjointed and unsettled as it did towards the end of the tenure at Green Bay. And you go, well, it doesn't matter how good the players are if the, you know, if the, the play calls are a mess and, you know, there's no, sync up with the offense and the coordinator and the coach and all that. So, you know, it can, it can, it can go south quick for sure. I mean, it doesn't seem like it is, you know, the offense is 
throwing punches pretty heavily and evenly with this defense right now. And I think the most important thing, if it, if I had to recap it, you know, sentence or a couple words or whatever, is it's just your best players right now are playing like the best players. You're outside of Eagles content creators who are telling you that Dak Prescott isn't any good. Dak Prescott's playing really good in training camp. And again, he's going into what you're, Six or seven now. I can't remember what it is at this point, but I think it's he should eight. look good. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah, you're eight. Yeah, Third, you're turned eight, thirty and got you know the happy yep. birthday shirts and everything. That was fun. Like it's just a fun team right now. It's crazy. Right, and you know he's heading into training camp number eight. So should he should he not look good in training camp? No, he should look good in training camp. He's a veteran at this point. He should he should look good, and he has. Um, but your Brandon Cooks. Your Micah Parsons looks like he's going to possibly not only make a bid for defense player of the year, but possibly MVP at this point with how he's playing in camp. Stephon Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb. I mean, all of your star players, which this team is top heavy, but also deep and pretty evenly flowed throughout, are playing. And again, it's two days in a padded practice, but they're they're showing up and looking like the players they're being paid and touted to be and i think that that's something that we haven't always seen you know like last year we knew ceo lamb was a good player but we still had not even sure i'd call him question marks but how good could he be could he take that next step we knew michael parsons was really good you know last year going into camp you had you know four or five guys that you really expected to step in and be your blue chip players and now I just think that that went from four to five to 10 because of the, you know, uh, it, Michael Parsons taking that next step, CeeDee Lamb taking that next step, bringing in Brandon Cooks, bringing in Stefan Gilmore. Um, you know, you're seeing guys like Osa Digizua who look like they're really making a jump. You're seeing, you know, some of your offensive line and your, your Terrence Steele, even though he hasn't been participating a ton, he looks like he's slated to make that next step. It just, it just, it's like the guys that you needed to make that next step have made that next step, and some of them have made it to a level that I didn't even, you know, really anticipate them doing. So I think that that's that's just why the positivity and optimism is so high right now. Yeah, absolutely. And now now the key is just to keep hearing these drum beats go the same way about these same guys. Keep seeing and, and the, the Jalen wide receivers <laughs> stay consistent week after day after day after day week after week in pads as it starts to stack up and like you said, just stay healthy and avoid, avoid the catastrophe and keep these young guys moving in the right direction. And, you know, it's uh, get to September and, and let's roll this thing out there and see how it goes. Yep. And again, we're seven, eight days in. So, you know, if you're listening to this and, I'll be the first one to say most people don't think I'm the very optimistic, you know, I'm not the huge optimist with this team, but right now I'm pretty optimistic. I'm pretty excited. But if you're one of the people who are more pessimistic, there's a lot of things that can change over these next couple of weeks. So if you're listening to all the positivity right now, rolling your eyes and going, you guys are suckers. This happens every year. You might be right because this, you know, again, there's, there's been a lot more questions about this team, the structure, the way it's built over the last five to 10 years than it is right now but at the same time like i said we could roll out september 11th or 12th whenever that week one game is and you know the the offense be as clunky as it possibly could be and go all right all that excitement was great in camp but you know what's what's going to happen when it you know comes down to getting the right play calls in and you know the efficiency of the offense or the structure of the offense so 
if you're the pessimistic one right now who's tired of hearing about all the excitement and optimism, then you, you still you still have a chance. I will say that because you know a lot can change, but right now it's just hard to be but so upset about much of anything because of the way things are going, the way your offseason additions are playing, the health of the team, and the way that your superstars are playing. And then the down the depth chart guys, the, the Jalen Tolberts, the, the Jalen Brooks, the the Nation Wrights, the Demarion Overshones, the again everybody. It's just there's there's not there has hasn't been that player yet that you stand out circle and go no shot he's got no shot he's not playing well he's getting beat he's he's not winning that's just you haven't seen that yet which is why there's so much positivity and optimism optimism right now and as fans of the team and people who cover the team we just hope that continues like you said yeah and it's like none of this means the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. None of it means that they're going to make their first trip back to the NFC Championship game in close to 30 years. None of this means any of that. But if they are going to do that, this is what the first week of camp looks like. And I said that earlier, and I just want to say it again, because there will be people who say, and, you know, there are guys that cover the team. You know, John Machota does an incredible job covering the team. Um, And you'll hear him talk on a bunch of podcasts and say, You know what? I don't care if I see it in training camp. I want to see it in January and February. And that's absolutely true. But the thing is, we're not in January and February yet. So we got to look for the things that could point to that success eventually. And right now, just about everything we've seen is pointing us towards that. And and again, I hate to say this, and I hate to throw out random strays here on a Tuesday night. But, like, again, years in the past, we were banking on – you know, Anthony Brown's great training camp carrying into a great regular season. And while we can all argue that Anthony Brown was a quality player for where he was drafted, you never got the Anthony Brown in training camp that you, you know, got in the regular season. There was always that roller coaster up, down, struggles, good, just not consistent. You know, but this year you got Stefan Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs. You're, you're, you're one and two were significantly better than it's been in previous years. You're, so that makes your three, four, and five a lot better. Same thing goes with receiver. I mean, last year, Michael Gallup was injured during camp, wasn't really doing a whole lot. So you were banking on Jalen Tolbert being your number two. He's now your four or five, and maybe he ends up playing like your three, you know, or, or a really good four. But I just feel like the top of the depth chart and then the depth because of the top of the depth chart is just so much better than it has been years in the past. And like you said, like that's – the theme of our show is, hey, if this team wants to make a run that it hasn't made in a long time, the first week of camp is great signs of showing that they're capable of doing so if everybody stays healthy and continues on that upward trajectory and doesn't doesn't regress a whole lot over these next month, two months. Absolutely. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Again, we got a lot of positivity and optimism on the show, and, and it's going to continue that way as long as things keep going the way they are, and we hope they do um, because that's that puts us in a good mood, and we love being in a good mood. So we're going to hope that practice continues to stay healthy, stay positive. Everybody keeps playing well. I mean, we, we barely touched on Dak and Micah and CD and those guys, but, I mean, those are a lot of the reasons we're talking so highly about this team right now because the way they're practicing, I mean – Micah looks like an animal on the football field currently. Um, I mean, it, it's almost <laughs> – I think 
you tweeted it the other day, but like we've seen enough. Let's go ahead and wrap him up and get him ready for Week One. Um, yep, I don't need I don't need to see him again until we line up on Sunday Night Football against the Giants. I think we play yep. on Sunday Night Football. That, that so, is yeah, that is where I'm at with it. Too, so, <laughs> but at least I definitely yeah. don't need to see him against uh, any lineup that features Dak Prescott. <laughs> you can uh, put him out there against with Cooper Rush playing quarterback if you want to. Uh, but I, I don't need to see him. Uh, I don't need to see him rushing Dak Prescott anymore. Yeah, I do not want to see any more training camp videos of him smacking into Dak's legs as he's releasing the ball anymore. So, Micah, as much as we love you, please, please just take it a little easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're really, really good. I think everybody knows that. Uh, you can practice at like a forty percent clip, not a hundred percent clip, please. <laughs> but uh, we will be back next week on the Talking the Star podcast. Hopefully, is happy optimistic and positive as we were today uh make sure you're following along to all the different shows again this is a really great time uh i know rj ochoa is on in oxnard california right now at training camp getting a lot of good coverage done out there so make sure you're following along on blogging the boys the podcasts the the articles all that uh on twitter so we're getting a lot of information updated every day and obviously the podcasts are coming out every day so make sure you're tuning into that as well we appreciate the support Make sure you're giving us a, you know, subscribe, a like, a review, a comment, all that good stuff. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back next week on the Talking to Star podcast. See you then.